0: On this week's episode of Tiger Turf Talk, we host Mister Danny Lazito, the manager of Sports Fields and Conversions for the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte FC. This is an awesome episode about truly an incredible story about an individual who has seen it all. Uh, I mean, that's the best way of putting it. He has been on all sides of the country when it comes to managing fields uh, north to south east to west different types of bermuda grasses different types of kentucky bluegrasses understanding the significance of the work that is done at a professional level uh, and to ensure player safety and this is just an awesome podcast where we dive into everything that he's accomplished in his time to the point where he has been newly named the manager of sports fields for the Carolina Panthers and it's truly an incredible feat for such a young individual and it's just awesome to hear how he got there and all his experience and how that went into truly being an incredible resume for someone who is overqualified for the position there in Charlotte um, and it's just an awesome episode and we can't thank Danny enough for taking the time you're truly inspiring uh, to hear everything that he's accomplished and you definitely want to check it out uh, so we hope you enjoy this episode of Tiger Turf Talk. Good evening, and welcome to this episode of Tiger Turf Talk. I'm your host Drew Miller. Today we have on an absolutely awesome guest. We have Danny Lazito, the manager of sports fields and conversions for the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte FC. How are you doing this evening, sir?
1: Not too bad. Glad to be able to get on here. Yeah, we've been been
0: uh, (laughs) all over the place with it, for sure. Uh, You were saying earlier that you were working on uh, flooring and whatnot. Obviously, the offseason, I'm sure. It's actually not the offseason because of FC. But uh, what have you been up to? I mean, first uh, big, I mean, being the boss, you know, it's crazy time for you. uh, Moving up and taking that role. How has it been for you the past couple weeks? Uh, Sort of finding your way and having a good time with it.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been busy for sure. I think, uh, it's already been a month and it feels like an hour. So, um, now we've, we've been pretty busy from the get go. We, the first week, uh, we had a Charlotte FC match followed by back to back weeks of concerts. We had Billy Joel last week, and Kenny Chesney this past Saturday. So, um, Pretty tied up. And then as we move into this weekend, we have Charlotte FC back here on Saturday. So um flooring's getting finished up today. Tomorrow morning they'll finish that. So then it's just kind of field maintenance, getting it cleaned, vacuumed, run a magnet over, groom it, paint it. And then they're back here Thursday, Friday to train on it. So it's uh it's been it's been a lot. You know, we're a little short staff right now. We got some positions to fill. Um, so, just kind of taking on the extra work while trying to balance the office work has kind of been the biggest challenge for me. So, um, hopefully, that'll all settle down. We don't, we don't really have an off season anymore, so it's kind of it's nonstop here. I think soccer goes from late February to October, November with playoffs, and then obviously football into January, February. So, <laughs> uh, it's you're crazy around, how you gotta yeah, do it. now, which is what they wanted. So, it's. um, you know, as long as we have the resources and the staff to do it, I think we'll
0: be okay. Absolutely. And hopefully get those guys soon, take a little load off of you. Uh, like we've said, you've been working hard and nonstop. I mean uh, with everything, you know, you've been there for a few years uh, and you were there before the transition to artificial. Uh, what has your time been like there sort of coming in as a, an assistant and seeing how the th- things are run and then making that transition to being a part uh soccer i should say football so people don't get <laughs> mad but soccer and then uh nfl going into that and now again sort of taking what you have learned and making it your own sort of in your own way uh and i know it's only been a month and it's a big question to ask for just one month but what has it been like for you to take sort of your experience into this um
1: yeah it's it's tough because it has been a month and it's been nonstop stop month i think i've been at the office till 8 p.m. every day. So I'm uh, just trying to kind of balance it right now and, and let it settle in. Um, hasn't probably fully hit me that it's, you know, that weights on me now. Um, but I, I was fortunate to get to work with Tom, who's here. Tom Bond was here for, I think, 24 years as the head groundskeeper. So um, wealth of knowledge, really good guy. Uh, was able to offer a lot of wisdom in that role for me. So um, got to you know, kind of work with him in a year with grass and then a year with artificial, uh, you know, in his whole career, this place was grass. So for it to go to artificial in that last year was just a big change for everyone. And um, so, you know, we got through it. I I think it was somewhere I always kind of wanted to be, uh, get back closer to home. Never really thought it would happen um, when that opportunity opened up. I was in L.A. during COVID and they had a position available and, Know, just because of the networking i think back here i was able to get in contact with them pretty soon and kind of navigate that situation and got the opportunity to come here so um you know it's like any change i think there's there's things that you want to change that you want to do your own um i've you know worked for a lot of really good people a lot of smart people um just kind of been able to absorb a lot and now it's time to put that into play and in a very different scenario you know I never thought I would be managing an artificial stadium at that so uh, we still have our practice fields which are natural grass so it's good to kind of get my fix there but it's just not the same um, so it's just it's a different art you take out a little bit of the science away from it but the the arts there uh, it's very detailed you know it's it's not any less maintenance as far as I can tell I still feel like we're, we're able to nitpick it to death. You can't kill it. So you can always do something and, you know, make improvements, adjustments and that. So that's definitely different. There's still a learning curve there. Um, luckily, I feel pretty confident and, and comfortable in the artificial uh, maintenance now coming off of a football season of it last year. Um, I think if it was just switched and I got thrown into this situation, you know, with two teams right off the bat, then it'd be a little different story. But, you know, I'm I'm more comfortable having that first season under the belt before we get into this. So, you know, and then just kind of taking on soccer and sharing the buildings with the teams. You know, they're both here. So they both have locker rooms. They both have schedules that kind of conflict most days. They want to use the grass field. They want to use the stadium every day. So. Um, we're just kind of battling that so you know to you know get back to that question it's it's tough to kind of implement what I've always wanted to do because we're we're really kind of learning you know as we go here it's a a very new situation Um, so everyone's here you know everyone here's learning and kind of trying to coexist peacefully and still produce something good so
0: always evolving right too many things going on and Dealing with different groups. You're kind of the bridge between the football and the soccer and everything. So I that I totally understand what you're saying. Uh yeah, the part, lot part of said you can't kill it. Uh, that's that's also yeah. really good to know, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. if you mess it up, it's pretty expensive to fix. You can't just sod it. But um no, I mean it's true. You you can you can always groom it and run a magnet and sweep it and brush it, top dress and you know, there's just there's a lot you can still do to maintain like a playable surface that's consistent. And that's, you know, there's a negative connotation around it in our world and players at this level, you know, um, just trying to kind of, it is our job to manage it. Right. It's our job to provide a good service regardless of what, what it is. So trying to manage those expectations, um, especially when you, you know, and you hear some of the negative things around it, it's, it's, it's it's tough. It puts you in a weird situation, you know. And it's it's not all bad. I think there's there's pros and cons to everything. So, um, for example, this this past two weeks, you know, we did have two back to back concerts. We had our flooring down for seventeen days straight. So, um, obviously, following that on natural grass, you have a big side renovation, uh, which I'd still rather do. But uh, you know, it gave
0: us some time. Everybody to write always it. wants it, right? <laughs>
1: it would. It, uh, it gave us a good time to really focus on the practice fields. We needed some, some love up there, uh, focus on the landscape and just kind of spread our attention, especially in a time where we we're short staff. So, you know, we wouldn't be able to do that if I was stressing out about, you know, the grass and the renovation and planning all that. So, you know, at, at times you have your, your pros. So.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think, uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for grass and I know you are. Uh, it's, it's something that, is as ne- a necessary evil in a sense, and and it's not evil. Don't get me wrong. I'm, that's probably the worst word for it. But like having the business side of what an NFL facility uh, stadium is, there are so many opportunities for the owners to make money, and having that surface, like you said, helps in the sense of okay, it's up. We just need to do a few things to groom it, make sure it's safe and ready to go. Which again, having a professional like yourself, you're going to ensure that. You know, it's not it's not something that people should be like turned away from because again, there are people like you doing that. Um, it's people like on our level at the high school level who really don't understand and don't have the means of doing that. That's where we sort of have that. I think misunderstanding when it comes to artificial versus natural, you know? Um, Because again, uh, I think it was Nick Pappas I was talking to, they renovate their field every two years. Well, we're talking about high schools and colleges that are running their fields for 10 years, you know, stuff like that, where you can obviously maintain a safe playing surface with an artificial, but you have to understand the the depth in which the care is like you're saying, top dressing, all those things. So Uh, I think it is important for everyone to understand the significance of your guys' work as a field conversion manager for, again, NFL and MLS. And uh, I personally have seen, I mean, the wear and tear of what multiple seasons on the same field for so many hours and time and whatnot happens, you know, and it's hard to deal with. But, again, I I commend you for all the work that you guys do with that. Um, You mentioned L.A., and I believe it was the L.A. Coliseum, you worked, correct? Um, with that, could you sort of discuss some of the places you've worked and how you got to this point, uh, since college, uh, what jobs have you worked? I believe both sides, baseball, football, sort of everything. Uh, could you sort of discuss some of those experiences that you've had and where you've been? Yeah, I kind of a little bit of everything. Um, definitely
1: did have my fair share of traveling. So, um, but that was kind of one of the things that when I was in, a student at NC State, we had a guy, Jim Simpson, um, past president of STMA. He, uh, he was at the town of Cary, came to talk to the class, and he always kind of talked about uh, don't be afraid to move around and you know take opportunities if you can, obviously within reason of your, your situation. But um, just being able to relocate, especially early on in your career, to get different skills and work in different climates and just kind of broaden your horizon there. So I took that to heart. It, you know, it was a good opportunity to, to travel and, and just, uh, and try new things. So when I was in school, I, I did an internship for him at the town of Carey USA baseball complex. Um, after that, I went to John Turner, the Washington nationals did an internship with him. Um, that was kind of that was cool because I had just finished the summer doing Bermuda grass and then overseeded at USA Baseball and then I was able to go up there and, to DC and work on bluegrass. So when I came back for my last semester, I kind of had a little bit of experience in a cool season climate. that, you know, a lot of kids when you're going to school in the south, you really don't venture out too far sometimes. So um, that was important for me to get that different climate and uh, get that experience there. So when I graduated that fall. Um, he had linked me up with Luke Yoder at the Padres, and kind of got to go out there and do a seasonal position. So I uh, was there from February till I think late October, early November. And that was that was kind of the first intro into like a full season of Major League Baseball, right? The event load out there, obviously with San Diego and the weather, you have you know everything you can imagine, um, which was which was great because you're in it and you're. You're doing the full season grind. You know, as an intern, you're kind of babied a little bit. Yeah, you're grinding, but you're only working three months, right? And the baseball schedule is long. So uh, that was a that was an opportunity to go in. I think when I first got there in February, they had just finished removing the dirt from a monster trucks event. So we went straight into a full field renovation um uh, minus the upgrade. and that was awesome to see, you know, right out of school, kind of getting getting your hands dirty in that. Just kind of growing that field in through the season and just kind of seeing it progress and um, all the way through the off season, right? So we finished up and um, went into like a top golf event or Callaway, whatever it was at the time. And uh, so then at that time, I was kind of, you know, it was a seasonal position. So if I was going to continue there, I'd do either a couple months of unemployment and try and figure it out in one of the most expensive cities in the country or, you know, venture out and do some, do some more things on my own. So um, I started looking for jobs. I applied around a while and ended up getting an assistant head groundskeeper position for the Reno Aces. Uh, and so I went out there. And that was my first full-time first-aid job out of school. Um, and that, that was something that was kind of cool for me because I learned, you know, the, the inner workings and uh, more of like a personal relationship with the, the front office minor league baseball is much more personal you're you're involved with a small group small little family of people um, so kind of just getting to see that and you know how you interact with people in different departments and, and that was kind of just eye-opening to that because in the major league baseball level or major league sports you're very separated if you're you know below that head position um, so I never really saw that until that point. So it was kind of it was big for me. Were um, you there with uh,
0: Joe? Yep, that no, was Joe's okay.
1: first year.
0: Oh, really? He had yep. just come from New York. I was with him in New York. Great they, guy.
1: Yeah, Joe's Joe's the man. Yeah, yeah he, he was kind of like my
0: my mentor there. So him and
1: I, you know, great friends. to so keep in touch. and I think we all miss Joe in the sports turf industry.
0: I think he misses
1: Joe. it too. He's um, listening. We'll take
0: yeah. you and I'm actually hiring. So, Hey Joe, you heard him. Yeah. Come on, Joe.
1: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, you're good. And, um, so yeah, so I did that. And after that, about a year in, uh, there was a job opening for the Columbia fireflies head groundskeeper position. Um, so obviously Reno, I'm from Raleigh. So Reno is a other side of the world there. And, uh, and it was fun. I mean, like I said, I when I was in San Diego, that was Bermuda grass was overseeded situation at the time. Um, still, again, a very different climate. Uh, Southern California is not as easy to grow good Bermuda as you think. Uh, just kind of mild temperatures, nothing too hot, nothing too cold. Uh, so you struggle there. But then going to Reno, you're high and dry. It's more of a high desert. And so it's kind of like Colorado in a sense. You've got bluegrass there, pretty cold winters, crazy crazy weather over the mountains there. So, um, you know, that was, that was a good experience. We had a lot of events there as well. Just, just a couple of us working on. So we learned a lot there. Um, so then at that point I, I felt ready to kind of do it on my own. So I applied and was fortunate enough to get a head groundskeeper job closer to home. And that probably still to this day, um, with the exception of where I'm at now is proven to be one of the most important jobs in, in my career. Um, experiences in my career i think it just to answer your first question at that time it allowed me to put together all the things that i had learned at that point and try to reproduce it on my own right to blend it into my own ideas and and, um and really just try it and um, that was it was tough it was challenging it's the first time that i felt like the weight of did I set the irrigation? Did I, you know, am I fertilizing enough? Am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? Like, so, um, you know, tarping situations, all that stuff. So you, you really feel it when you're an assistant. I don't think you really feel the weight as much ownership as you like to think you have um, and pride in your, your facility that you work at until it's yours. It, it kind of changes how you think. And it changes how often you think about it when you're at home, when you're on the road. Um, so that, that was kind of a, defining you know spot for me and just kind of how it changed how I thought about things um while that was happening I was also getting a little burned out of the the baseball schedule so um you know we didn't have a lot of events there it was just just minor league baseball grind uh short short staffs um but we had a, a good ownership group there good upper management that I felt like they respected my decision making, um, my opinions, my input. So they they were they were good to me, and they allowed me to kind of to run with some things. Um, so we we had some good success there. And then in that time, I had kept in touch with some of the guys in Southern California, and the the manager of UC Irvine at the time was taking the head groundskeeper job at the Coliseum, and he had reached out early into my second season, and he was like, "Hey, man, we're gonna have a assistant job open in August if you want it." And I was like, "It's March. I got a season. Just you know, let me let me know then." So I went through that whole season, you know, kind of just kept in touch here and there, and just started to kind of ponder whether or not I wanted to work in baseball or try try some grass sports, soccer, football, um, and try something different. You know, at that point, I'd only done baseball, so this was an opportunity. At a very high-profile, busy stadium. Two teams, Rams were there, um, USC, is the Coliseum, so everyone knows the history there. Um, so it was, it was unique. Um, and while I wasn't really sold on L.A. as a city, um, I, I went for it. So it was, um, it was fun. There, there's some cool stuff about that place. You know, there's some stuff I didn't really care for, but um, – nonetheless I had, I had a good time there but I so I took the took the leap and my parents were pissed because I had just got back to Columbia or closer to home and so I took another trip across the country two years later so uh there I was back on the west coast um and the first season the first season I was there that was the year the Rams I uh, went to the Super Bowl and lost in Atlanta um but that was that was a crazy year. It was just, you know, two team football um, in and the in a whole native soil Coliseum field. It wasn't we changed it over to a sand based field in the second or the first off season there after that season. So up until then it was a native soil, It didn't drain well. Two teams there, grass wall to wall, no warning track, no nothing. Um, so that that was challenging for sure.
0: And the dream uh, right there, geez. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah'- you're at Brentsville high school right there
1: <laughs> yeah, people I don't think people realize that that was one of the last especially for an n f l team at that time it was probably the last one playing on native soil. um so that there was a lot of challenges that came with that so um, but then we were fortunate enough to get the renovation so we did that full redesign um right after that season there and that off season we did all the way down to the seven and back up. So it was really cool to kind of be a part of and then go into the, that second season with them um, actually kind of have a little bit better system there. And then during that time, you know, still at that point in my life and at that time, I never, you know, never thought that the Panthers job was going to come open. There's some long time guys here that were kind of in line and, you know, um, it's pretty rare to get an opportunity to go home and work at the level you want to work at. So that wasn't really on my mind. My, my focus was kind of just building my resume, um, getting a skill set or, you know, an event load skill set, a conversion skill set, different climates, different cultural practices um, just kind of becoming more well-rounded as a groundskeeper and a person so that whenever a job did come open that I was qualified to apply for it and put myself in a position to do so. So um, when the when the Panthers shop opened up, you know, I actually happened to be in town um, and just kind of reached out to Tom, came down, had lunch with him, got to talk to him a little bit. Um, you know, things kind of moved forward from there. And so um, you know, it was it was a little tough at that point to leave LA, but I was pretty pretty much ready to go. I just, I love the people out there. It was probably one of the best ground screws I've probably ever worked with and may ever work with. Um, it's just a solid group of guys out there. Hats off to them. Um, and you know, that, that was tough to leave them. Um, but this was just, you know, an opportunity to, again, come home, you know, work for the home team, um, you know, be close to family again, and just kind of really build something for the long term here so um you know and then obviously coming in with tom here we're you know we didn't know how long he was going to be here um and i was just kind of looking forward to working for him as long as i needed to and you know hopefully they they thought highly enough of me at that time to you know get an opportunity at this so i feel pretty fortunate to uh to be able to, to make that come true so uh, here i am long
0: long story no that i mean can i just say one hell of a journey i mean <laughs> and the, the crazy part is, is there's a lot of people that don't understand the different stops that you made some of the like the hardships you went through i mean reno you guys had the soccer conversions on like a weekly basis and nobody really gets that experience anywhere i will
1: say I only did two of those. I got there the year before the soccer team game. Good so. for
0: you, man. Good. That's, that's for Leah
1: you. and Joe's mess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they they got to deal with that. But still, I mean, yeah. even even two times, you know, you go through it once, you kind of had that experience, you know. Yeah. Um and then the conversions of I mean, USC to Rams day after, you know, having that time there, that was probably extremely tiring. Um <laughs> but yeah. all the different things that really again, like you said, hope your resume is good enough, really shows that you are more than qualified to do what you're doing now, you know, and I think that's incredible to hear, you know. Um, Now, I'm always curious to see what your answer is, uh, people's answer for this, you know, because there are so many different stories out there that brought people to turf and it's always intriguing to find out what was it for you that brought you to the turf industry and again, seeing all the different opportunities that you've had and you've taken on, um, what was it that said, hey, you know what, I want to be a turf grass manager and that's the career I want to follow? Oh, boy. Um,
1: I don't know. It's funny because when I was a kid, I used to, my my older brother mowed the lawn when we were younger. And and then as soon as I was old enough, I did it for the rest of the time. So um, and I used to hate it, but. I do like, I do remember the, the result when you're done, when you, you know, when you look back and it's all cut, and it's even at that time when you're a kid, like, I didn't know why it looked good or whatever, but it was just even and it, it was symmetrical and it just it kind of looked clean. And I think that's, that's the perfectionism and the, the detail work and, you know, the, the fruits of your labor kind of stuff that ended up transitioning later. Um, And I was always big into art, uh, like being outside, kind of doing that stuff. So initially, when I was in high school, I was kind of looking at architecture, landscape architecture, horticulture, those kind of career paths. Um, And so at the time, I I went to Wake Tech Community College up there, uh, just kind of did some general ed, trying to figure out exactly where I wanted to go. Um, And that's when I kind of really started diving into that. That realm. Um, so, never actually wanted to go to school in town. I always kind of wanted to get out of town. Um, and then once I started looking at programs for landscape architecture and that kind of stuff, I, I fell in NC State and started browsing through those programs. And actually stumbled upon just turfgrass science. You know, clicked on it, started reading about it, um, and just at the time, you know, they were top three school for that program. So it was a uh, it was. I don't really know. You know, I really don't have an answer of how I really fell into it. I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up playing golf. I wasn't one of those kids who just was on the golf course and doing that. I just, you know, I was more interested in the, the uh, maybe the outdoor side of it um, and just kind of working with my hands. So, and then just the artistic side. So I started looking up that kind of stuff. Um, applied for it, got in, went to state right away into that program and just kind of dove in so um met some guys at the durham Bulls, Did some some internship opportunity volunteer stuff there uh did some flooring which paid off i guess uh, <laughs> so
0: it's happening now so i guess you, it was worth it right <laughs>
1: beer fest every fall for the durham bowls when i was in school um you know so yeah i mean and from that point as soon as i kind of like got into it and really started to learn about it i thought it was i just thought it was awesome I just kind of fell
0: in love with it so. um, yeah. absolutely I, that's that's so it's crazy because there are a few people that again it's just like well i kind of found it on a, on a catalog you know <laughs> so i could uh, probably fall into that category just oh no, exactly what <laughs> i mean like and that's that's awesome you know it's it it brought you to this point, you know, in North Carolina. So that's incredible. Um, now, you mentioned a couple people. Again, the people out in L.A. are the greatest. You talked about Leah for a second there. Like, could you sort of discuss, and you probably have the biggest one humanly possible, uh, about your network, you know, and how you sort of developed. You know, you've been across the country on multiple occasions and different people and reaching out to different people while you're in certain spaces, you know. Um, what has it been like for you sort of developing that network? And what does that mean to you now in your role with the Panthers?
1: Uh, man, it's important. It really is. I think, you know, I'd give that advice to anyone younger. I mean, I'm obviously young, but like the the guys in, in school still, um, it's funny because when you're growing up, like my dad used to say, like networking is, you know, is so important. You know, you don't want to hear it or whatever. And like, uh, whatever. Um, but then, you know, I started hearing it more and more. And then when you get to college, you, you know, you, you start hearing this theme of, you know, how important networking is and who you know, not what you know, right? So, like, I had heard that a lot. And you know, again, I, I go back to the day that, couple days that Jimmy was back in class and. Um, for whatever reason, just kind of like his passion, um, and just really just passion for for our industry. When he was talking to us, it, it just clicked, and I was just really diving into what he was saying and just listening. And um, that was one of the things he talked about: it was just you know, networking is so important in our industry because it's so small, and you don't you don't realize that when you're in school and a student, and then as you go through the career you start to realize like i worked with joe hill who happened to work with drew miller who happened to work with leah you know like you know like all these people are all connected right so i think within like two phone calls you could probably get a hold of anyone in in this industry who's worked with someone you're trying to find out about um and you know i think i just i kind of just naturally you know like to introduce people to each other kind of be that that source of um, information sometimes and I think it's really helpful and you know, I wasn't always that way I think I was a lot more shy in the beginning um, and it you know it just kind of naturally developed and then um, obviously by nature of just moving so much and just in different not just moving in general but to different size of the country um, the turf industry is funny because you have these little little clicks all over right you have the south you have the northeast guys you got the pacific northwest guys the southern you know the midwesterners so like just like the country's divided right you have that little niche in in each uh, section of the country so it's kind of funny but um you know the only one i probably didn't get to really i guess it's the middle of the country and up in uh, the northeast so but you always you always get to work with someone who has been right so um, especially internships, right? You get how many students are going to the Red Sox, and how many students are going to the Mets and the Nationals. And, you know, a lot of major teams get a lot of interns. And um, so at that time, you know, I, right off the bat, when I went to uh, the Washington Nationals, we had six interns from six different schools across the country. You know, so And we're all living together. So at that point, you know, you, you pretty much make kind of a friend or acquaintance for life. And, um uh, you know, we all went on to do our different things, and funny enough, I was interning with the kid who went to Texas AM and when we were at the Nationals. Fast forward all the way to the point where I moved to LA. I actually moved in with him out there, and we were roommates again. You know, four or five years later, he was working with the Dodgers and at LMU, and I was at the Coliseum. So, um, you know, and then it's just yeah, I mean, it's it's important, and you know, I. I like networking. Not everyone likes doing that. So, um, you know, obviously that kind of just plays into it a little bit. I think it's, I think it's important. And it's, it's one of those things where for the most part, everyone in our industry is very open and willing to talk about what you do because everyone's kind of looking for, you know, ideas and and new creative design and everything. So, um, you know, some people, choose different avenues to do it, whether it be Twitter or just, you know, in person or podcast or anything like that. Right. So, um, there's different ways to do it, but I enjoy it. I think it's, I think it's important. Not everyone's that way. So that's, you know, teach their own. That's fine. Um, but it is, it's important to me and it, it doesn't have to be for everyone. So.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, especially like just the overall concept that you explained was perfect. So, um, Obviously, it's a month that we've been talking about how it really hasn't hit you yet. Is there anything you're really looking forward to? I mean, you're just, it's so, it's such a great opportunity to, again, see sort of everything sort of come to light with Charlotte FC. And, you know, there's a, I'm, I know this because my former boss works for uh, the, uh, for Chad Price at Carolina Green. You guys are getting a huge renovation with the practice facility, which is going to be just, Ridiculous and amazing, you know, all at the same time. Um, and just sort of that whole concept. What is it that you're looking forward to the most with everything you got going on down there?
1: Um, so that one actually is on pause, so uh, some it's a little bit of political hiccups there. Um, but still in the works, were,
0: we'll say in the works. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it, eventually, you know, something will happen there and um, they will you know, open up a new headquarters or practice facility. So I think, honestly, just the, the opportunity to, you know, build something like that was probably pretty high up there. Um, and potentially even hopefully a new stadium one day. You know, this one was designed in the 80s, built in the early 90s. And, um, you know, it's not that old from, a, you know, from an age standpoint, but from an infrastructure and technology standpoint, when we're talking about event load, it doesn't, it doesn't hold up for that all the time. Um, you know, it just may not be as efficient as it could be. So, you know, I think there's, there's been, you know, talks about that kind of stuff. Um, and that, that pretty much is probably my answer and what I'm more excited about in the future is just being able to kind of build something here. Um, you know, build a program, a department that is successful and that, when that time comes, you know, we're, we're set up in a good spot to, to really have our opinions respected and, and input to build something correctly. Um, you know, I think that's important to have your insight at the early stages of design. Uh, not a lot of people or not a lot of groundskeepers get that opportunity. So you know, I look forward to hopefully getting that opportunity to just kind of, just be able to avoid some of the, the mishaps and, uh, just by, you know, getting ahead of it and then just using really the latest technology and getting an opportunity to do that. Um, put in all of the bells and whistles and really just be able to produce something cool. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think either one, you know, the, the practice facility one day is going to be awesome. Uh, if they ever decide to build a new stadium, that's going to be even cooler. So, um, I think that would be, you know, once in a lifetime, obviously, opportunity to see, you know, it doesn't happen often. Um, You know, these things last for a pretty long time and you can go your whole career without ever working in a new building. So if it happens, that'd be awesome. But, you know, if it doesn't, you know, we'll we'll succeed here and we'll continue to make this place better.
0: You're young. I think you got an opportunity, you know. We'll see. you just mentioned technology and I was sort of curious because earlier you mentioned when you were in Columbia, you're like, oh, did I set this? Oh, did I do that? Have you been able to even again and your time as an assistant into this point? Have you been able to sort of bring in any new technology for your practice fields or for the game field before or even now with the artificial um that you're excited about? Or is there anything specific that you want to talk about that you want to add um that would be beneficial to you? No, I think, I mean, one of the the cooler things that,
1: you know, we didn't have, um, with the natural grass, it probably wouldn't be as efficient, but it is efficient for us with the turf is just the, the big water cannons we use for irrigation. Um, you know, just being able to, to water the entire football and soccer field out here the stadium field with six irrigation heads is pretty cool. Um. You know, it's, it's not always efficient in the wind. You know, your arc and your your spray is so high that the the wind drift is pretty bad. So um, in a windy situation, yeah, they can get a little, little misty. But, um, you know, when we need them, we use them to settle down our infill. We use them to wet the surface for soccer. Um, and they, they work pretty good. You know, I think we were hoping to be able to use them for soccer, obviously, uh, just so we wouldn't be out there hand-watering. Pre-match and, and at halftime. So so far so good. We've had some some situations where we couldn't get it done just because of high winds. But um, that one's pretty cool. I think you know with the practice facility on pause. You know hopefully we're gonna you know continue the conversation of renovating our practice fields here. Um, and then hopefully in that situation we can kind of do a a mini version of that. And just you know we don't have a lot of real estate to work with there. It's pretty small. Uh, square footage there. So just kind of trying to redesign that property, maybe um just kind of something I'm hopeful for. I don't know if it'll happen, but um, if that gets to happen, I think we'll, we'll have an opportunity to kind of introduce some new technology. But other than that, for me, it's just really been a uh, difference in cultural practices, um, just kind of some of the practices that I want to try and do. and. Um, so this year, we'll kind of maybe move towards that. We're we'll probably, uh, we're talking to coaches right now and equipment staff about know, moving away from overseeding on the practice fields, just going to a, a non-overseeded situation, uh, use of growth blankets, um, something like that, just to kind of you know, mitigate some of the the footing issues we have. Just older fields that will take as well um, adding that additional to the ryegrass in the fall kind of gives us a little bit of, you know, trouble in the fall with those guys. So we don't, we don't want them slipping and, you know, getting aggravated with the practice fields. It's not really necessary. So the biggest thing for that, for me, is just getting everyone to be okay with it, being dormant and, uh, and know that it's not about the color at that point. It's about the footing and, uh, you know, it's a practice field. So now while it, it's a personal attack, if it doesn't look good for me,
0: you know, it's, <laughs>
1: it's not the, you know, it's, it's
0: not here. dead we swear yeah
1: so <laughs> understand that is uh, you know it's it's just education though it's something you just have to talk to them about and just, um, explain the situation and for the most part they're, they're pretty understanding so
0: absolutely and that's something we aim for here with our program for sure um we sort of wrap up on these last two questions and I'm always curious again sort of see the wide uh of answers that we get. Um, You're obviously young and you obviously have been everywhere. I mean, that's probably the best way to say it. Um, With that being said, this isn't like to make anything easier for you or any way, shape, or form. If there was something that you wish you knew going into everything you've done, what would that one thing be and why? Oh, boy. Sorry.
1: Um, man, that's a tough one. It's funny because I guess it's hard for me to say like patience because I, in turn, I eventually you know like I'm in a position that I, I've always wanted to be in. Um, it probably happened at a a little bit more elevated pace than I anticipated. Um, but just just kind of. Peter Hayes, he's a he's the director of field operations for the Padres. He's kind of one of my mentors along the way, and he used to always say, "Like, Dan, calm down. You got 40 years to work, 30 years to work, 20 years left to work." So, um, the the, just just the the be patient. Um, When I was fresh out of school, I was very adamant about you know getting to the highest level and I always you know and the reason I wanted to do that was just because I felt like you had the most opportunity the most resources and the biggest crew to be able to really produce something perfect um, and that's that's what I liked about that level And it comes with sacrifices it comes with a lot of uh, hardships along the way and it's, it's not easy at all uh, but it does give you an opportunity to you know, have all the, you know, like you said, the technology, the tools, the staff, the, the stuff to really like give you the best opportunity to produce something great. Um, so that was, that's what was attractive to me. Um, but I wanted to do it so fast. And, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily, I along the way, I kind of learned that, you know, you can be happy at any level and take pride in what you do at any level it doesn't have to be you know major league sports i think that's important for young students to to learn as i say that i'm trying to hire all of them um so please come but you know you know like there was a beauty in in minor league baseball and single a ball um, with the freedom to do what i wanted to do uh, without the pressure you know there's a lot of pressure when you're at this level to produce and obviously you know with artificial it's a little less but when it's grass you know and you're on tv and you got you know how many million dollars are the players out there you know in the footing and and that is the game it it can get pretty stressful so um you know a lot of guys wear that for a long time and you know so excuse me um I think just kind of the patience aspect of it, just to to know that you can be patient. And you have a long career ahead of you if you're willing to work hard and uh, stay in it. You know, this industry obviously burns a lot of people out. It's a lot of work, um, but if you put in that time, you, know, you can you can make something pretty cool and have a good career and be successful too. So, um,
0: yeah, love it. Just take a breath. No, I hear you. Uh, I mean, a lot of people. I mean, we were talking about a lot of people in this industry with burnout and all the craziness that comes with the job and understanding that, Hey, it's okay to like be stressed out. You know, it's okay to have those moments, but if you're not willing to take the time to focus on yourself for a bit, you know, it's going to get a little overbearing and it's going to get worse for you. So I couldn't agree with you more on that for sure. Uh, Yeah. It's
1: tough because you're
0: by the nature of what we do
1: you know, it's, it's hard work and it's, it's hands-on labor and it's, you know, it, it does require more time than a normal job, you know, and I think you have to understand that going into it and accept that or else you'll never, you're not going to be happy if you're looking for a nine to five, 40 hour a week job. This is um, not it. <laughs> you no, know, some places it is, and that's fine. And you can find those situations, but, um, you know, at certain levels, you have to understand and accept that it does require a little bit more work, and you know, it comes with some some different benefits than other places do, and um, you know, you got to weigh that and find what what's right for you and your families and stuff. But um, you know, burnout's real; it's it's a real thing. But you know, just getting to a, a situation where you can, you know, hopefully, be at a place or an organization or a company that you can build the staff correctly and educate. And, um you know use your resources to do that that's that's what's really important um then obviously accepting that there is going to be times that you just have to work a little harder but that's what um, we do
0: 100 percent. couldn't agree with you more on that um the last question we always ask again we have a high school turf program we have kids who are graduating in less than a month now. Um, looking to enter the field, looking to enter turf management, um, what would you say is your best words of advice for those kids that are looking to start their careers or to go to a college program and really pursue this moving forward in their lives? Um, Pass on just
1: a little advice I was given a lot. um, Early on, um, I think it's important to not, not chase after the money. Um, if anyone ever told you you're going to be a, you know, a doctor's salary, being a groundskeeper, maybe they lied to you, but, um, it's, that's not, what's important in the beginning when you're, when you're trying to build your resume. Um, if you want to have a long career or a successful career in what we do and, um whatever metrics you define that as but um it's it's important to just kind of build your your resume build your skill set along the way and and try new things and learn from different people um i think there's a there's a huge benefit in working for multiple people along the way and just kind of learning different different methods and practices and then being able to put that into your own one day um, it's obviously more you know what i did and I think it paid off really well. Um, but just, just being able to kinda to work in an industry not a lot of people get to work in. Um, it's a it's a tight knit fraternity type industry. You know, everyone's willing to take care of each other for the most part. And you know, I think I think it's a pretty cool thing. And um, but just he again, Peter from San Diego used to say don't chase the dollar. Uh, chase the opportunity, so you know like I said, forty years to work right? by the time you get out of college you're going to be in it for a long time and that's you know, there's there's a lot of truth in that you know be patient and and uh, and build something cool so um, just early on, find a school that has a good program that has uh, opportunities to learn and um, you know really dive into the science and the why and use that as a as a tool for yourself, you know, it's we had a professor at NC State he used to say, like, your degree is just one tool in your toolbox. Um, and there's a lot of truth to that, like the, the scientific aspect of what we do and the, the plant science, soil science, the chemistry, that stuff is important for later on when you're making the whys and the hows to do things, um, just an educated decision. Um, so it starts there, and then just kind of using those internships and uh, networking abilities to to just diversify yourself before you go into the workforce
0: is important. Well, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for everything. Congratulations on the job. I know it's been a month, like we've said it through 40 times already, but that's awesome. Uh, Especially at your age, it's just incredible to see again, someone being successful in this industry and moving forward, you know? Um, Also happy belated birthday. I saw that the other day. I was like, I can't believe you're going to do this on your birthday. Thank you. You know, like, (laughs) oh, geez, you got to take some time for your birthday, man. Uh, No, I know. We had Kenny Chesney on my birthday. Did he say happy birthday at least, you know? he's a good guy. happy birthday
1: to his bass player, so that was good enough.
0: That counts for you, too, you know? I heard it. I heard it. It's all good. It's all
1: that matters, right?